Thanks, guys. Now, we're um, certainly we're going to, um, before we start the message, we're going to actually together continue this uh, a little time of prayer for us. We're all here certainly affected by the smoke that's, uh, that's going on, but we want to continue to just be in prayer for the folks that are both up north uh, suffering from the campfire and then also down south from the Woolsey fire. So um, uh, Virginia is going to just lead us corporately in a time of prayer. So yes. let's pray. bow our eyes or bow our heads and close our eyes. Father God, we just want to pray right now for all the fires that are happening in California. God, people have um, lost their lives and even more have lost their homes and even more have been affected by the smoke, God. Mm -hmm. And even though it's more than 50% contained, um, we just pray for relief. We pray for um, complete relief from the fires, whether it's rain, whether it's the firefighters who are tirelessly working um, day in and day out fighting these fires, God. I pray that you would help it come to a complete stop. And I pray that um, you would attend to all the people who have been affected physically, uh, spiritually, mentally, Lord, emotionally. Lord, it is so tough. And the, but we know that in the midst of it all, you are here. Um, we thank you that you are God who is here, who is alive. And um, for whatever reason for allowing this to happen, Lord, we know that there is a plan. And so I pray that lives would be changed in the midst of all this, Lord. Um, we pray that hearts would be moved to, um, you know, supply donations or financial resources or whatever it is, Lord, but help us come together as a greater community, Lord, and help us um, help our California residents just be even stronger through, through this, Lord. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've been here with us at GRX for the past uh, couple of weeks, you know we've been uh, playing around with this theme of be like Jesus and blank like Jesus. And um, we brought technology into the service. The last couple of weeks, we did this crowdsourcing thing where we asked all of you guys to fill in, what would you put in for blank like Jesus? What are the ways that we as a community want to be like Jesus? And then we, we got all those answers together, and Susie and I looked at all these answers, and Susie created this super cool thing. It's called Word Cloud. Do you know this thing called Word Cloud? It's this really cool thing. And you put it up here. Uh, it's about to come up here. Wait for it. It's so exciting. These are the answers that came from our community. If you guys know how word clouds work, the, what Susie was able to do was the size of the words kind of represent the number of responses that fell into that category of thing. Um, so there were a ton of great responses. We had over 200 responses that came in. And... So you can see, maybe some of yours are up here or were grouped in to uh, the different ones. Um, so from this, 
what was pretty, was pretty cool to see was that there were about eight or so uh, major themes that emerged from all of these different answers. And those eight major themes um, are on the next slide, and that'll inform what our preaching is going to look like for uh, the next year, so starting in January uh, 2019. So love, forgive, trust, be brave or courageous, um, be calm or have peace, um, listen, and then be patient. So, uh, you know, we'll look at the calendar and and all the things, and uh, one thing I do want to give you a heads up for, within our community, one of the words that has resonated a lot is forgive, so the second one, forgive like Jesus. So the plan is for the 40 days of Lent, that's the 40 days before Easter, between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday, those 40 days, we're going to practice as a church, forgive like Jesus. Because I think each of us in our own lives, our own history, have someone that's really hard to forgive, or we've been through a season where it's really difficult to forgive. I actually think that forgiveness is one of the most difficult things to do, that we're called as Jesus followers to forgive the way that Jesus is forgiven, but it's super tough. So I'm, I'm kind of joking when I say this, but I'm also kind of serious. When I tell people, we're going to be doing forgiveness before Easter, so if you want to go to a different church and not deal with forgiveness, and I don't see you for 40 days, that's totally understandable. Because it's hard to forgive. So if, if we're down to like six people on a Sunday or something like that, that's fine. And then I'll see you guys all after Easter because we, we won't have to deal with it. Um, but I do want to say thank you for participating. There were some really um, interesting answers that came up, uh, like eat like Jesus, like invite yourself over to people's houses and eat for free like Jesus. That's what he does. Or somebody wrote down win like Jesus. What does it look like in Silicon Valley to win like Jesus would win? What does that look like? Surrender, sacrifice, those are other things that came up. The reason that we stick the blank in for be like Jesus is because it allows it to be very personal for you. And um, I don't know where you are in your faith journey. Uh, I don't know if you've been following Jesus for a long time. Maybe, maybe you're not a, a, a follower of Jesus at all, but you're just intrigued by this person of Jesus. Wherever you are in your journey, um, there's something for you. You can stick something in that blank for you, and that can be a focus for you. Perhaps God is wanting you to grow in a particular way. Um, So what would you put in for you? We're going to be looking at these things as a church, but what would you put in? Surrender? Build? Parent my kids like Jesus? Love unconditionally? So great answers. If you want to personalize that, I think that could be a great opportunity for you to grow as we keep going through this ministry year and look at this theme. So anyway, thank you, Susie, for putting together that word cloud. That was cool. And that was, thank you. And, and that's for us as a community. And this is where we'll be going uh, in January in the new year. So bringing us to today, 
Today, you'll notice that there's pledge cards on some of the seats, and if you've been here a couple of weeks, we've been spending three weeks on pledge, on, um, on pledging, uh, and today is when we'll make our different commitments and spend a little bit of time in prayer, bringing our stewardship and our financial commitment to this community uh, before God uh, and together that God might work in us and through us as a church community. And as I go into this last message on stewardship, again, I want to bring back something from last week that I just feel like is such an important reminder for any time a church ever talks about finances or money, because it's always hard, right? It's always hard to talk about money. That this important reminder is that offering to God is an act of freedom and joy. Offering to God is an act of freedom and joy. That's what I shared about last week. I think for most people in the Bay Area, and it could be for most people, but I think particularly in the Bay Area, when you talk about finances, things that are tied to finances are stress or anxiety or worry or guilt. And sometimes it's connected within the church to obligation and shame. Like there's a lot of stuff hanging off of this. Sometimes, sometimes it, offering can feel like a tax, you know, like your property tax or your income tax. Um, by the way, for you guys, if you were here last week, I did pay my property tax from last week. I was feeling like I need to pay that. So, but it feels like a tax. And like offering is not supposed to be that. Our giving, our stewardship is supposed to be an act of freedom and joy. And that even within our pledge cards, that most important part, the bolded part on the pledge card, that it would be an opportunity, a discipleship practice, that it would connect us more deeply with God. And that our giving in that we would find freedom and joy. And so the passage we're going to look at today is perhaps the most famous passage in Scripture on uh, stewardship and on giving. And I want to actually go through it very carefully because if you read it quickly, you might misread it and it might misinterpret. You might get a, a, a misinterpretation of what this is talking about. So this is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 through 9. If you've been around the church for a while, you've probably seen this. And I'm going to read it, and then we'll walk through it. It's the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And they're gathering a collection. They're, they're gathering a collection, actually for the church in Jerusalem. And, and the Apostle Paul writes this. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness or his benevolence uh, endures forever. Now, I'm going to go back and read that again, because that was just a, sort of a first pass through. 
But the passage and what I want to talk about today is actually framing it around these three ideas. You, then God, then you. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul does in these really short verses here. I think he frames this idea about giving around these three ideas. You, and then God, and then you. So let me read that again. Can we go back to the scripture again? Show the scripture? And watch how he makes this movement about you, and then God, and then you. So it's verse 7. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind. Okay, this is a little bit of a different version. I'm reading out of the NRSV version. But it's each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness or benevolence endures forever. And so this message is framed really around who we are and then God and then our participation in that. So the first movement of this message is the beginning of this where it's actually each of you. Each of you is this passage. Now, if you're just reading through this quickly, you would read, Each of you must give. And what you hear in that is, oh my gosh, the Apostle Paul is saying each one must give, or each of you must give. And then it ties into all of this obligation and like uh, the church, all the church cares about is money, yada, yada, yada. If you read this passage and read it as each of you must give, you could read it that way. But your biblical interpretation would be wrong. It doesn't talk about each of you must give. A close reading of this, when you look at what it's saying in the original language, it actually reads out like this. Each as one, each one has decided in one's heart. Meaning, each of you, as you have decided in your heart, must do as you've decided. See, the emphasis is not on the give. The emphasis is on the doing as you have decided. It's not like, we all have to give. It's that each of us has to do as we have decided in our heart. That's what this passage is about. And that's why he goes on to say, not under compulsion. He says, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't give because you feel like you must give or because you're obligated to give or because it looks good to give or because other people are watching you or because some, somebody in authority told you that you have to. Don't do that. Don't do it under compulsion. Rather, each must do as each has decided in their heart. That's what this is. A close reading reveals that. That's why on the pledge card, I said the most important part is that you would take some time to listen 
and connect with God to see what is God leading you to do or not do because it's each as must do according to their heart as they've decided. Now, what's interesting is that the Apostle Paul goes on to say, not under compulsion, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I'm going to do a little word study here for this word. This is so, this is so interesting, so fascinating. This word, not under compulsion, is ananke, A-N-A-N-K-E, A-N-A-N-K-E. In the Greek Parthenon, in the Greek spiritual world, this word, ananke, is actually a goddess in their spiritual, Greek spiritual understanding. This is this first century, second century understanding. So when Paul is writing, he's like, not under this goddess, Ananke. And, and what, is, what is she the goddess of? She's the goddess of compulsion. Fate. She has the power to control decisions. That's who this Ananke is. And if you think about it, compulsion or obligation, if you've ever done anything out of obligation or you've ever done anything out of compulsion, compulsion meaning like, I just have to do this. I, 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 can't, I can't not do this because there's so much pressure on me to do it. That's what Paul is saying. Don't do that. Don't give yourself over to that power of obligation. Don't give yourself over to that power. Don't do that. Each of you must do as you have decided in your heart, not under the goddess of compulsion. Not under the goddess of compulsion. And that's what he's saying here. Each of you must do as you've decided. And then he says, because God loves a cheerful giver. This is actually the word hilaros, from which we get the word hilarious. That God, a hilarious giver, loves. You can't be hilarious if you're under pressure. You have to be free and joyful. And then you can be hilarious. And then with joy and hilarity, we bring our gifts to God. And that's the second movement. The first movement, each of you must do as you have decided. And the second thing is that God loves and is able. When we read this closely, it says that God loves a joyful, a cheerful, a hilarious giver. Someone who's so free that the giving, it's like a joke. And it's kind of funny. Like we live in Silicon Valley. Like you know what the housing prices are here, right? You know what the rents are, right? I just got an email to create all the stress in me. The landlord wants to raise our rent. I'm all stressed about this. Like, this is a, like a live thing for me. You guys are getting all my like property stuff right now, <laughs> right? But like, how can I like think about like playing, paying more for rent? How can you guys be thinking about your houses? And then at the same time, you're like, oh, by the way, just for the fun of it, I'm just going to give some other money to GRX. I'm just going to make another donation to relief efforts. I'm just going to give this other amount of money just for the heck of it because I love Jesus. That's pretty funny. That looks like crazy. 
That's crazy for the rest of the world, right? But that is kind of the joyful freedom that our offering is to be connected with. That's what it is. That God loves this person who is so free. God loves a person that's so free. And why can we be free? Because God is able to provide abundantly for us. And sometimes it might feel like, you know, funds are short or life's not going well or things. And this is where I've been trying to encourage us as a practice to look at our lives and to be thankful. And that practice of say, writing down a list of things, five things, 10 things, 15 things, 20 things. What are the things that we're thankful for? It's a practice that as we practice thankfulness, we can see that God has provided for us. Michael, can you put the next slide up, please? That God is able to provide abundantly for us. That God is able to provide abundantly for us. I think if we reflect on our lives and we see the ways that God has blessed us, the ways that God has poured provision, surprise help or support in our lives in times when we need it, I think we will begin as a people to really see how much God has abundantly provided for us. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He says, each must give as you have decided. God loves a hilarious, free, and joyful year. And we are free and joyful, recognizing God is able to provide abundantly for all of us. And then the last part, again about giving, we give that you or that we may share. And that's the third part of this passage. That we might share in every good work. That we, that you, might share in every good work. Our stewardship and our giving within this community translates into us as a people, corporately and us individually, participating in God's kingdom-building work. You heard already a little bit earlier in service, the third Sunday of December, we will transform this room and we'll put a bunch of tables here and chairs and Operation City team, what we do during the worship service for our worship, we enact our worship. We create little gifts, little care packages for homeless men and women connected with our partnership with City Team in San Jose. And we put these, we put these care packages together. That, that's, that's what we do. That's how we'll spend that third Sunday in December. It's Operation City Team. And then we'll bridge into other activities where we'll prepare a meal Friday night and then Saturday. All who are able to go down to City Team and we'll spend time with men and women who happen to be unhomed this holiday season. And we'll sit with them and provide a meal for them, provide these gifts for them, and talk with them. Sit with them. Listen with them. And perhaps even pray with them. To just be with them. 
And part of our finances as a church, we go and we financially support City Team. The, the things that we bring, the material things that we bring, it's part of our stewardship. And we participate in loving men and women and humanizing men and women who are experiencing homelessness right now. That's our participation in the kingdom. And then I want to show a couple of pictures up here um, of something that some of us have been involved with, uh, physically going there, but also we as a church have participated in this. That this are, uh, these are pictures of a high school that is right now being built um, in Manila, in the Philippines, with the Philippines ministry that we're partnering with, Kids International Ministry. This past summer, our team was on this very site, chopping down banana trees with these machetes and clearing out trash and burning like old, you know, bushes and stuff like that, clearing a site. Kids International Ministries, they have an orphanage and a children's home. They have an elementary school and a middle school, but they have no high school. They have no place to educate their high schoolers. So as their kids get older, their leaders said, we need to build a high school. And so they're building it right now. And because of the generosity of our community, we've sent a team to help clear the land, and now they're putting cinder blocks in. And because of the generosity and the giving of this community, we've also sent them some money to help them buy the rebar and buy the concrete and buy and to help employ laborers. So we as a church are participating both bodily and also financially with the kids I am. And so these pictures are from a couple of weeks ago. They're building this right now. And before it used to just be like, this is just junk here. And like old, you know, like trees and just like stuff that people weren't using, but you know, and it's being transformed from a place where there used to be trash to a place that's gonna educate kids. So it's really exciting to be able to participate both what God is doing locally and then what God is doing internationally. Our church communally supports Bowers and Ponderosa Elementary Schools. The school's close by here. City Team in San Jose. Regionally, Gleanings. It's the Ministry Youth with a Mission. A a team of us are going to go out in January to go and, and, and help them make soup mixes, which go all over the world. But we continue to support them. And then we support international missions and, and projects like this, work like this, to be able to love people and care for people. And that is all a part of what it is to be a joyful giver and a joyful community. The summary of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 9 is these things. Each of you must do as you've decided. God loves and is able that you, that we might share. Go ahead ahead and keep this up. I'm going to read this passage one more time so you can hear how this weaves through. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, 
For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. Um, The way I'm going to close this message is um, we do have the pledge cards that are there. Maybe some of you guys filled them out. Um, We're going to play a couple of songs. During the time when we normally collect the offering, which is the second song, the offering bags will be coming around. And that's the place and opportunity. If you've decided you want to make a financial pledge or commitment to this community, um, to the work that God is doing among us, go ahead and rip off that part of the pledge card and simply drop it into the bag. Each must do as you have decided in your heart. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. Without obligation, without compulsion. And for that, as we think about that, let me lead us in a time of prayer. God, thank you that you invite us to live a life of freedom and joy. And that you give us the opportunity to practice that in this one area of finances, which can be really hard. And so God, I pray that you would help us to have as much freedom and as joy around this as we possibly can. God, I pray that we would uh, release control. We pray against worry and fear, scarcity mentality, anxiety. God, help us to rest in you and to have peace uh, with you. And God, I pray that as we as a church continue to try to be faithful, we commit ourselves and our gifts and our resources, stewardship, God, to you and to the work that you're doing. God, thank you for the partnerships that we have with C Team and Kids I Am and Gleanings, Bowers, Ponderosa. God, may you build your kingdom in us and through us, and may we see your good work. May we see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.